When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. China down 2%, 10%. We're up a percent. I don't get it. We got to figure out what's going on in these markets today. For the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about the Titanic, bobbing back and forth, bobbing back and forth. Is it time to retire that saying from the show, that metaphor? Or are we just bobbing and weaving, getting ready for the big plunge? The captain is back. And he's going to get the crew in line. If not, they're going to the galleys. Mitch, let's start the show. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. With your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been the penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Nice of all of you to welcome me back with a 80-point overnight range. Let's just talk about where we are right now. We're up uh, 27 handles at 37.91. We all know about the number. We're keeping an eye on for this week, next week, and the next month. Uh, 38.20. We got a triple top there. Uh, dollar backing off a little bit, but up today, up 35 cents at 112.32. TLT, we're working our way towards the uh, the 80 handle. I don't know where this Fed pivot's coming from, but the bonds are saying no, 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 no. Uh, crude down a buck 13, buck 13 83.90. Gold still hanging out in the mid-1600 handle, down 330, 1653. Silver clinging to 19, up 9 cents at 19.16. Bitcoin doesn't move, up $200 at 19,395. We only have less than a month to get it up to 50K for Thanksgiving. And Ethereum futures, they're up $50.50 at $13.51.50. Let's bring in Triple D. Triple D, I mean, could you be, like, you come in, we're off for a few days, we come into this market, and they're throwing a lot of stuff at us. I, I know, I know. Mass confusion. Yeah. What do you think? I mean. I don't even know what to think of this market. So I left and I was a little bit confused on this market because it's a really <laughs> tough market to call. But then you take two days off. You kind of lose your feel. You're trying to watch, you know, the markets as you're on your vacation. But at the same time, it's difficult, you know. So you're, you're out of the loop. You're not at your screen. You're out of the loop. And then you come back in and they throw a China massive sell-off at you in a U.S. Oh. stock rally. I mean, that's not out of the playbook. I'll tell you that much. Money Mitch, we're going to lean on you here because this uh, this is a confusing market for the majority of us, but you've been here the last couple of days. Please enlighten us on what the hell is going on. 
All right, well, before we get that, I wanted to get our energy going. It's Monday morning. We got to get ourselves a little loosened up. Are we going to guess what? Stuff? The boys are back in town. Yeah, the song. You're getting fine for that, probably, but love the song. <laughs> All right, we're getting Nothing on back. like a little thin Lizzie to start the show, you know. That's going back to our day. Oh, pro- with the call too. Yeah, you know, that I was your song know. back in the day. Yeah, boy. Oh boy. I the one they showed the wrestlers, I was the one in the middle. Just, uh, yeah, just to yeah, let yeah, you guys yeah. know. But you're, uh, le- you're leading <laughs> us out there. <laughs> so, All right. Well, the boys are back in town, and I will tell you that the what really is going on here. It looks like the pausing hype rate boys are back in town. That's what's going on. So it seems like there was a report, and this came on Friday from the Wall Street Journal, that the Fed would be likely to debate on a smaller interest rate hike rate in December. Not the one that's coming up right now in November, but the further one out in December. Raising hopes that the central bank, of course, would be poised to adopt a less aggressive stance here. Now there's a 50-50 chance of the Fed going for a three-quarter hike uh, point hike on the December uh, 13, 14th meeting, and that's coming from the CME Fed tool. So that's the outlook now. It seems like there's an outlook that the Fed is going to get less aggressive, even though, and I, and I will state it, I'm sorry to be the bearer of bad news, but nothing's changed, team. Nothing. We are still Titanic bobbing something fierce here. I mean, we left and we were Titanic bobbing and I missed the last two days and we're still Titanic bobbing. Um, I think we still do the Titanic bob. I mean, it's a nice rally. Wow. You know, getting up to that 380 level where we said we'd have some massive resistance. The bears are just scratching their heads because the news flow is not good. I mean, this China situation, we're going to have to talk about in a minute. This is one of the biggest sell-offs in China, like and one day sell-offs I've ever seen. I know. I, I mean, know. if you would have told me I'm going to come in and China's going to be down 10%, I would think the U.S. equity markets would be getting hammered. And we're rallying. So deglobalization right in front of us here. I mean, this is the way it's going where we're going to start looking, you know, to not lean on China as much. And the U.S. global U.S. markets are saying – we don't need to follow China's lead here because we're going towards deglobalization and we're our own market. So we don't care that the Chinese market is falling 10% here this morning. But if you're invested over in China, holy mackerel, you're definitely not listening to the pre-market prep show if you got all these stocks because we've sold them all but a long time ago for worries about this. But Alibaba, $63 this morning. Oh. It's down over 10% here this morning. It's down 11% here now. JD.com down 15% here just this morning. These stocks have already been hammered. You wonder if this is capitulation. Baidu, you know, is down another $11. I mean, this is a classic capitulation. I mean, this is like drifting down, drifting down, drifting down and collapse. I don't know if I've got the guts to call the actual bottom here on China, but if you were looking, you know, from the textbook capitulation, we got capitulation this morning in all these China stocks. Pinduoduo, PDD down 16%. I guess they don't like Chi uh, going to be in full control here for it looks like the foreseeable future. So in any in any regards here, what a mess in China. 
Yeah, it seems like they're getting wrecked, of course, on the ideology-driven policies will outweigh the growth outlook. Um, well, nobody believes the numbers either. So, you know, yeah. the GDP, whatever. We know we can't believe any numbers coming out of China. They got zero COVID cases, for crying out loud. So, I mean, you can't believe anything coming out of there. That's one thing. So they just discount. They get that zero. And then you got Xi. And what would you say over the weekend, Joel? They're grabbing the predecessor out of the stand. <laughs> yeah, and, like, going in like... Yeah, like, uh, like, like, oh, yeah, you're out. It's, you know, it's just like if, uh, you know, if we had someone come in, like two people and, uh, put their, 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 their hands under Mitch's arms, you know, and they picked Mitch up out of the seat and he, he was trying to talk to me and you and we were just nodding our heads and then they just picked him up and then he just walked away and then that was it. And then they went on with the meeting. So I uh, saw that clip a lot. And I guess, yeah. I don't know if he had any pro-Western views or there's an extra bunk with Jack Ma. Um, I'm not sure, you know, what the, what it was. But um, I was like to say, Baba, all-time low. All -time, is that the all-time low? Because there's no, got to be have it that. ready. I have it ready here for you it, guys. It went lower than 5720. Yeah, I got it. Oh, look at Joel. Joel. Look at Joel. Got it. Are you sure, though? Because there's data before. Yeah. It didn't come out 2014, did it? Wasn't it before? Yeah, that? it did. That it was did. 2014? That's the start? Yeah, this is it. This is all the way at the end So of what's the all-time low? 5720. Is that not mm -hmm. incredible? We're talking about an, a, a company that has grown tremendously. Now we're talking about the stock going to all-time lows. That just Nobody to wants to invest in China at all. The stock was $319 about two years ago now. It is now $63. China investing has just been the biggest disaster that, you know, we've seen in these markets in a long, long time. And two years of straight down. Feels like capitulation, but I'm not going to try to call the bottom on any of this stuff because it's to, to the chat's question. Somebody just asked, what happens if they invade Taiwan? China yeah. stocks become like Russia stocks. That's what happens if they invade Taiwan. You know, and I'm looking, it's... the Russian markets aren't even reopened yet. So seriously, if China invades Taiwan, the Chinese markets will look like the Russian markets. So that's why you pretty much can't touch them because of that wild card. If for whatever reason, you know, we don't get an invasion and deglobalization doesn't happen, we start to make amends somehow here, all these China stocks are so cheap. That's, you know, the one consideration. And there's going to be the value investor saying, how can I go wrong? How I can go wrong is if China invades Taiwan and we go and, and the China stocks become like the Russian stocks. So you've got to be careful investing over there. So I'm not touching any of them. Um, but what are you going to do? I mean, if you're in these things, do you sell them now, Joel? <clears throat> is it like no just take idea. your last $63 and run? I, I don't know if you do that either. It's kind of it's a wild card because we don't know if they're going to invade Taiwan. I feel like, you know, when these things are going like this, eventually there's going to be some type of bounce. There's been bounces before. They're so bloody oversold. It feels like classic capitulation today. It makes me want to buy them, you know, as a contrarian. But I can't Has it, it worked? It hasn't, it hasn't worked. worked. No. You also, yeah. you also got possibilities of fresh export curbs out there with China. Of course, this would be for emerging technologies like quantum computer and artificial intelligence. It seems like the tensions just keep rising between China and the U.S. This is just unbelievable, the sell-off here. And then what's more unbelievable 
is that the U.S. markets are up. I'm still like, I'm flabbergasted here. Yeah. So to Zoltan's point, you know, he's scared of a pull in the U.S. markets here. I am too. I mean, I don't understand how you can get the China markets looking like this. And I guess the Russian markets look like this now too. I guess they're just throwing them in there with the Russian bucket. So, but the difference is we get all our stuff from there still. I just don't know, like, we aren't, you know, we might be moving towards deglobalization, but we are Doesn't a long, overnight. long, yeah. doesn't happen no. overnight. We're a long ways away from there. And then let's go to your original point here. We're just, you know, coming Debbie Downers here a little bit here today. But to your point, Mitch, and, you know, this this could be interpreted either way. But to, to your point that you were talking about with, you know, the interest rates and, you know, that they're, they're going to take their foot off the pedal. Well, yeah. I was in Montreal. That's where I was over the weekend for my anniversary. And I can tell you, there is absolutely no recession to be yeah, seen happening in Montreal. And I mean, and everybody else is saying the same thing. That Apple store was lined up to get somebody. It I was packed. Not, not like lined up. And then somebody, uh, a friend of mine from Florida, was saying, you know, his Apple store is lined up around the block still. And I'm like looking at the malls. And I'm like, these things are packed. I couldn't find a parking spot in the one mall. I couldn't find a parking spot. I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm like, where is, is everybody getting the money? It's lagging like, effects, I keep thinking man. with interest rates going up that it's eventually going to show up. But, you know, savings have went down. It just hasn't hit yet. It just hasn't hit yet. People are not out of money yet. And what does that mean? It means the Fed's not taking their pedal, their foot off the pedal anytime soon. Exactly. There is no inflation getting in check in Montreal. There is, you know, it, you know what my breakfast cost me, Joel, in Montreal? I had, and, and it was it was a nice, it's a nice, decent restaurant. Expectation, you know, they'd have those in Toronto too if you're Canadian. <laughs> Guess how much, and it's Canadian dollars, so you got to knock 30% or 25% off of it. But what do you think breakfast costs, me and, me and my wife? 48 bucks. $80. It was $80. Well, man. Well, each breakfast meal, each breakfast meal was $21. That was just for your basic omelet and your fried potatoes and a little you got a mimosa there. too right at well, least no no and then just the <laughs> juice the juice was six bucks and another i think my wife had an orange juice and it was six bucks too so twelve dollars and then you had the 21 and the 21 and then you have hs or tax you know what sales taxes in quebec 15 percent so you have 15 percent on top of that and the tip it was 81 dollars well dennis you you're pretty much telling me the expectation here now is moving the 50 50 <laughs> chance for the fed uh, to hike three quarters of a point in december what do you think about those expectations I, the expectations are that the fed is not going to take their foot off the pedal anytime soon there's going to be fed talk that will squash those wall street journal rumors probably coming you know and then all of a sudden it's like whoa but but again, we are in a different type of market. So we just gave you all the bad news, but all the bad news we've kind of been talking about. China's been going down. We still see inflation's not in check. We kind of knew all these things. The market is taking it in stride. So that's the bear, bad news for the bears. So the news flow seems like it's just going to keep getting worse, but it doesn't matter because the bears are now hugging, you know, for whatever reason, a Wall Street Journal article that maybe the Fed's going to take it a little bit easy on us in December. Silver lining market, USA is happening here right now so how do you go bearish when you see the markets responding to all this this way so dennis you gotta i'll let you finish this rant but you 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 gotta you gotta start going uh, um on vacations and and go to breakfast with me how much is your Uh, breakfast (laughs) okay because where were you where were you stop i was in uh i was in uh i was in florida in Boca Raton, Florida, 
Oh, we, 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 we have, oh, I got to bring this up. We have this famous place that we go to. It's called Tom Sawyer's. Okay. It's this old, they make it like an old cabin. Okay. And here we go. For Lisa and I, and I'm telling you, I was stuffed when I got out of there. I yep. had the t- the uh, the huck fin, which is two fresh guy. eggs cooked guy. to order, Look at four this French toast sticks. <laughs> okay, and I was a, I was a bad boy. <laughs> I gotta get the glasses even make it bigger. I cannot. See I got it. you. I, I got you. Here, here's the weekend and, uh, menu. Okay. So yeah. Well, that's not bad. Thirteen dollars. Ten ninety five, and and we got out of there for like with a nice tip for thirty bucks. Yeah, that's and that's I, oh, and I got it. bacon with it. Don't tell you know the bacon they, was oh, really good. Oh, but did so you they, just drink water? You just drank water though. We did, yeah, yeah. We did. We yeah, did, so the chances would have brought you up plate. to like forty, yeah. and then you'd be at like fifty-five Canadian. So gone are the days where you go out with your wife to eat for <laughs> twenty bucks though. Gone are those days, right? Those are never coming back again. <laughs> when well, I was in New York City, I remember being in New York City with my wife probably fifteen years ago. And I had the like, you know, the jaw drop on the breakfast bill and it was 45 US dollars. I was like, how did I just pay 45 US dollars? I wish I could go back to the 45 fancy, you know, New York breakfast for 45 <laughs> bucks. What's a fancy breakfast in New York City cost nowadays? Oh, There's man. a question for you. So, I mean, inflation is everywhere around us. It's here. The recession is not here. And, it, and, and that's, you know, good in a way. But bad in a way because it means that the Fed's going to still keep their foot on the pedal. And it just mm-hmm. means it's going to be that much worse, I think, when it hits. Yeah. There are people, like you see the savings rates. You know, they're showing the U.S. savings rates, how they've just plummeted. Did you see that Twitter chart over the weekend? It was floating yeah, around, you know, that the savings rates are gone because everybody's used up their savings because, you know what, their bills are so much more money. What happens when your credit card's jacked and you have no savings? You're going to start eventually spending less. So I still got to think it's coming. But for now, I mean, let the good times roll at least today. Let the good well, times roll at least today. There's two that things I could take out of roll. your talking right there, Dennis. Is there's one that I would take that maybe recession is still down the line. And then there's a second thing that's actually a positive outlook would be that maybe these earnings aren't as bad as we expect them because really the economy is still holding on. And so maybe that we could climb the wall of worry right now in the Q4 and then be worried about maybe going into next year that we start seeing recession and really start showing up. So that's what I would say at this point to me, short term bullish, long term still in a bearish trend. I think I'm in the exact same camp. And I think from just getting out there and, you know, maybe it's Montreal, maybe it's still bustling, maybe it's the area I'm in, but I went around, you know, we drove around all areas, Laval, you know, we went out to the outskirts and that's where it's like really busy there too. Um, it, it, it's, it, it puts me on the same page with, with, with you here, Mitch, that I'm just thinking short term, I think the recession hasn't hit yet, but long term, I think it eventually has to. So it still makes me want to have some cash. But I can't argue with this market. And, you know, I was tweeting out Thursday morning. I did buy some more stocks for the long-term portfolio for the simple reason that I didn't like having 48% cash. I brought it down on the last step to like 44. I'm down like 39, I think. So I'm still a lot of cash, but I'm like nibbling a little bit. I, I don't know like if that's the call or not because everything around me says, what are you doing? Don't buy anything. I mean, eventually we're going to get hit here. But logic is not working in this market again. It's illogical once again. 
And this earnings season may not be that bad. I mean, if those stores are still busy, maybe we get through this earnings season. You know, we had an AMD warning, we had a FedEx warning. You know, we can see a little bit, but it's not getting hit hard yet. Maybe none of the mega caps warn. I mean, we're going to hear from them. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, this is a big week. This big is week. a big. Yeah, Do you have an earnings big calendar week? for us, Mitch? Yeah, of course. Yeah, we j- have a, just a big just week. real quick before we go to the calendar, I am mm-hmm. upgrading Delta Airlines. Uh oh. Uh oh. Oh yeah. I, I mean, Delta's on time, good. both ways, good service. Got to watch uh, uh, Top Gun. Was it four or three or something? Maverick on the way there. Uh, caught the football games on the way back. Uh, broke out above thirty-one. I mean, now you got resistance just a little bit over 33. Uh, your high from Thursday was 33. But, I mean, airport packed, restaurants packed. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's just the places where we went. And, you know, maybe you know, maybe we're just being myopic in our view. Uh, but, I mean, people are, are, are still spending money. This economy is not getting ready to croak. And that just goes the whole thing. I don't think about the – like they talk about the pivot – I mean, let's and oh, only doing a half instead of three quarters. I think that that talk. I mean, I think we're going to be hearing that same talk all the way through mid two thousand twenty three, and even yep. in the later two thousand twenty three. Yeah, I now, mean, what's wrong with just sitting tight? You know, what, why does it rates always have to go up or down? I mean, they're going to keep taking up until they, till they, you know, uh, till they, uh, you know, show a dent in the CPI number, but. I have to agree with you. It is it is jammed it's, out there. It's jammed out there. So th- right. so maybe you, you've got to, and, and we can't argue with it. It's why I've been buying stocks on pullbacks here. To Laura's point, I mean, you can't argue with it. You can't argue, Laura's point in the chat, you can't argue really, and she's been bullish for a while, so good job here, Laura. I mean, the last few weeks, have, it's changed. It's what we talked about. We've talked about the turn. The sentiment has changed. It's why I've been buying dips. You know, It's why I tweeted on Thursday before I left. I was like, i got to buy some more stocks. I everything tells me my logic tells me to be bearish for the simple reason I'm seeing global. You know what? Why you know as I'm saying illogical. Laura's asking questions, so I can answer yeah. on the show here too. Uh, what I'm saying about illogical is that there's two main reasons. One, the U.S. markets are decoupling and completely ignoring global markets now because we are not exactly. seeing those types of rallies, especially in China. But two is it's fighting the Fed. I mean, they're ignoring you know the last CPI data. They're ignoring the Fed. So that doesn't. This is mean... just on a report. Remember, this is on a rumor from the Wall Street yeah, Journal. I hate those. Well, it, it, but but it's not <laughs> totally. It, it just kickstarted it more. We were already seeing this happen before that Wall Street Journal article. We saw them yeah. buy that bad CPI data. Hundred percent. We saw them turn. You called it was it, a low of the move. You called it. You called yeah. it that maybe this is the capitulatory move that the market's been looking for. You know, where we were just boom. We flushed a hundred points there in about a hundred seconds. It felt like Joel mm-hmm. um, on that CPI data. And I was just on the shelf, flabbergasted too, jaw dropper. I'm like, are you kidding me that inflation isn't coming at all with all this Fed action? And you know what? They turned around, they bought that. They shoved that down the bears' throats, and the bears are caught now. And the bears are still holding to this. So I think you've got to just, you know, and I, nobody has a crystal ball. And again, back to that Goldman Sachs trader that said it last week, nobody knows really what to do right now. I'm in the same camp. I think everybody is confused on this market. And the re- you've got to look at the economy. The economy says we don't we can handle higher rates. That's what the economy yeah, is saying. That's what they're saying. Yep. We can handle the higher rates. We can handle our mortgage payment doubling. You know, and then in some cases that's what's happened. That's you what know, this that economy the mortgage is payments are like trying to double on you. So yeah. there's obviously been enough money that there was enough savings to handle it in the short term. I don't think it can handle it in the long term. 
So I don't know when that starts to materialize, but it doesn't appear like it's going to materialize this quarter. So not from what I'm seeing out there. So well, maybe not even the next quarter. Then you get into the holiday season and maybe the next quarter too. So hard to just stay on the bear train. So that's why I've started buying stocks in the long-term portfolio. I'm still trading market neutral, not with a bias here because it's too confusing to have a bias. So I'm going to stick with that call. So people say market neutral is not a call. It is a call. It just taking advantage of inefficiencies, buying dips, selling rips, kind of just, you know, not biasing yourself to just buy dips or just sell rips, doing both. The chop, the Titanic chop, just kind of taking advantage of that. That's a market call too. I'll tell you one stock we definitely will be watching this week. It's going to be Tesla, but they are down this morning because shares are down after the price cuts in China. Looks like the starting model for their uh, starting price for Model 3 sedan was cut to 265,900 yen. Um, And then it looks like it's gone down a pretty significant amount. I mean, when you're seeing here, I think this is more of a call out for Tesla talking about their demand going down and they're bringing down these prices because they need to sell the vehicles, right? They need to keep up with the deliveries. And I think that when you're seeing, you know, the kind of destruction that you're seeing to the Chinese economy, you can just imagine how the demand for vehicles will go if China's in a recession. And essentially, I mean, look around. Look how China stocks are doing. I don't think there's going to be high demand for EVs in China next year. This so- this is weird that Tesla, I mean, you know, that is just not participating here at all. And to the contrary, see a lot more of them on the road. I, you a know lot what of I them. Think? I was going to say a lot of them on the road. A lot of them on the road. You yeah. hit. You made a new low for the move here uh, overnight at 202. Um, it just keeps banging on the door. Yeah, it just keeps bang the the uh, the real session low. Uh, oh wait, yeah, we hit two o two. That was on the twentieth. I stand corrected. We didn't get quite get there yet in the pre market. But you know what I think is ailing this stock? What's that? Twitter. I think so too. I think you're I, right. I, I just, I, I just. It's a bigger question, right? Yeah. It's not what? only just about Twitter, though, right? It's Will Elon sell? Well, I think, will he have to sell more stock? You know, yeah. that's, oh. that's the biggest question. That's the here. biggest question this week so, for Tesla. I think, I think you're right, Joel. I think that's the wild card here. I'll say on Tesla, if you want to take a shot, you can. As long as the stock's above 200, you're only eight bucks away from there. So you're really risking three, 4% oh, to see sell. if this dip gets bought today. So you could take a shot. There's a trade setup that you could take a shot. I would stop myself out under 200. I wouldn't want to see this thing go sub 200 and be long it. So I think as long as it's above 202, call it 200. We'll just round it to 200. It's got to stay above 200. If it takes out 200, then you got trouble. Um, but right now, you know, you've got a lot of more stocks rallying. They were trying to rally this on Friday, Joel. They tried to participate from the chart. I wasn't here on I Friday, did, but yeah, you can I did the chart. Uh... They were trying to buy this dip. I think that they might come in and buy this dip this morning, but it all depends too. I mean, we're starting to roll over on the U.S. equity markets too, and I'm just still shocked that the U.S. equity markets can be up on a day that China's down 10%. So there's a lot of like things to grasp here, especially being uh, off for two days. And other things being equal, if I thought the market was up, I think that they would buy this dip in Tesla. I think there might be money managers saying, hey, I need to get some U.S. exposure. Here's a great company. The quarter was fine. Um, you know, I could get along with Elon Musk. I got the 200 to lean on. I think there'll be a few people. I think you'll find some buyers down there near that 200. Sub 200, it gets interesting though. It just, it the monthlies here, I mean, it's just, it's bearing down on the new lows for the move. Uh, he himself said that it's uh, 
what um, he he knows it's overvalued. Uh, he made that statement himself. Plan, and then also I saw he's planning on cutting seventy five percent of the workforce. Uh, yeah, for yeah. Sure. Cat Weasel makes his deal. You know, well, he's, he's got to do something. He's yeah. got to turn that thing profitable. He just overpaid by a ridiculous <laughs> amount. What did it end up being like forty four bell? He paid for this. Yeah, he knows it. He much. said it on the Tesla call. He Snapchat said on the Tesla told call us that. that he knows he's <laughs> overpaying, but he's being forced to at this point. He screwed up. Yeah, and he, he need, and and he should be forced to. I mean, yeah. he made a deal. The deal is binding. So he knows. So without where do you think Twitter would be? Look at Snapchat. You know, at oh, seven we... bucks. Look at you know Pinterest <laughs> is held up just because of Elliot. But where and look at Meta. Where do you think Twitter would be right now without the Musk deal? Who likes Snap now? <laughs> Nobody. Who, where, but, but I'm asking you guys the question. You can in the chat. You can answer there too. Yeah. Where do you think Twitter would be without Musk? What price? Where would thirty bucks? Be? Thirty bucks. Much lower. I think, I think 20s. it'd be sub twenty. Yeah, twenties. I think sub twenty. I think you could have nineteen handle on it without without Musk. For the simple reason is that since that deal, Snapchat has collapsed. It's a pretty mm-hmm. good proxy for this. Yeah. You know, Meta has collapsed. It's a pretty good proxy for this. So you can say easily lots of 20s and 15s <laughs> chat. I completely agree with, agree with you. I think it's a teenager. I think without Musk, Twitter a is teenager. a teenager. And, it, and it's not going to happen because it's going off the board. He's already, he's already committed to it. But I mean, <laughs> if this deal didn't happen, um, if this deal wouldn't have happened, it's happened already. It's going down. But um, if it wouldn't have happened, I think Twitter's in the teens. So he's overpaid by this. By the oh, tune by of like, a... uh, like $25 billion. And he knows it. So he's going to take, and he's like probably a little pissed off about this now that he's being forced to eat this, which he should be. Like he shouldn't be pissed off, but he should be eating it. So I think, I, 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 I don't even know. I just, I, I think that he's probably going to cut whatever expenditures he can cut out of there. So I'm not surprised that he's going to be cutting, you know, the labor force. He's going to try to turn that thing around. And he might be able to do it. But that's not going to help, you know, obviously Twitter shareholders are getting their 54 or 20, and then that's going to just be it. It's so. supposed to close on Friday, right? Yes. Yes. I mean, there's still $4 of premium that's supposed to close on Friday? Yes. Yeah. Is I'm telling you, I'm telling you this, this saga is not over. I nope. mean, if if you're, uh, I mean, if if what there's three and a half bucks you're risking. I mean, I and I read, I wrote an article and in uh, I looked at it and I guess the, the billion dollar buyout and you know he can't do that because they're going to assume you know that he's still going to lose in court. I mean, right now, I mean. I'd be having my lawyers. I'd be looking at that billion-dollar buyout. I'd be writing a check. I would be like, "Please, I'll give you two billion. I'll give you three billion. I'll give you five billion to, for this company." I mean, I, I, I mean, if you're holding on for that extra three, the whole world is convinced that it's going through. He's going to buy this thing at fifty-four, fifty-four twenty. Holy man! I don't what know. happens just... to Tesla though if he actually does sell some more shares? Oh, well, it's going to go down. But yeah, how it, far it, though? I mean, well, it could... I don't think it goes crazy because I don't think he has to sell. Like, what did it say? It needs probably. I don't know, man. You put a you put a, a leak. He went to Wall Street to get money, and he tied it to his stock. I mean, that guy's brilliant. Why would you put the the price of your stock in the crosshairs of Wall Street bankers? I mean that. I, I just, it's like so anti Elon to do that. 
like Bank of America, who are some of the other like uh someone pulled out of the deal? Why I don't who I wants just to don't... be part of that deal. Who I yeah, why why would they, either? Why would they, they do that? I, I I think Bank America's part of it. I mean, they're all just licking their chops for that uh what that strike price. Now I know it's split, right? So I know there's certain margin calls and stuff, but boom, boom, boom. I well, mean he, it's, it's pressure. Gonna be... It's going to be pressure for sure. Let's move over to Bank of America continuing, and they went with a downgrade today on Meta. So Meta platform shares downgraded to neutral from a buy. Uh, stated here is, while fourth quarter and 23 expectations have been lowered, we expect the advertiser's budget cuts in early 23 to weigh on sentiment and drive added uncertainty on the post-IDFA changes and real transitions. This came from analyst Justin Post from Bank of America. And It's I, the I, biggest value trap on the street. I've been calling this for a long time here now. I'm going to continue to call this. I went on Facebook. I never go on the app. I went on the app over the weekend because, you know, you sit in your hotel room and like, ah, what's going on on Facebook? It's all advertising. I'm like, I can't even see what your friends are doing anymore because it's literally friend, ad, ad, friend, ad, ad, friend, ad, ad. I mean, it is just brutal, brutal, brutal experience. Zuckerberg, if you're listening, absolutely brutal I, experience. I've on said Facebook. it. They saw I it was writing like, on the wall. I'm like, holy mackerel. This is just an awful experience. I even tweeted about it. Awful yeah. experience. And not like it used to be whatsoever. I don't even know if I'm ever going to go back on. Like, I may never, like, they hardly ever get me on there on Facebook. So I'll probably maybe never even log back into it. So, like, before, the only reason I had, I didn't have even the app on my new phone when I got the Apple phone. I didn't even download the Facebook app. Had, so, yeah. you know, Instagram, I don't know. I never on Instagram. So maybe that's still popular. They still have some stuff. But I'm going to tell you TikTok eating their lunch. The legacy businesses are a mess here. And if you're leaning on, oh, they're going to be part of the metaverse, welcome to 20, 30, eight years from now. The market doesn't yeah. wait around that long. I think meta is eventually under $100. I think everybody's going to continue to say, oh, so much cash, oh, so much value. Well, they said that at 227. It's now 127. What have you done for me lately? Nothing. That mm -hmm. is what they've done for you lately. They've changed the name of the company from Facebook to meta. Nobody even knows what it is. The legacy businesses are under attack. It is just awful. And you know, I've been dead right on this all the way down. I'm it's gonna have some rallies, nothing goes straight down. But I think when we look at this, you know, three or four months from now, I think this thing is under a hundred bucks regardless of where the market Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes. So doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. 
Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I think that also, like, the coming out with, like, the metaverse, you know, now, I think, if anything, you know, that people have learned over the last couple of years is, like, the opposite of the metaverse. Like, do you want to be on your computer? Do you want to be in some reality? Do you want to be walking or hiking or biking or swimming or doing things outside? I mean, who wants to be looking at a, at a you know, well, whatever, a screen? I mean, it's just, and the numbers bared it out. Uh, what was it last week? I can't remember um, where, you know, they're just not getting that part, their participation uh in the metaverse that they wanted i i I think it's just it's lost its way i mean lost its way if you don't think it can go any lower take a look at the baba chart i mean you know these things are just i don't know it had a it tried to rally a couple days last week bank america i mean they said you know they sacked apple pretty good uh but that's kind of coming back in their face uh they did the downgrade uh with that along with bloomberg but that's actually come back to that area so it's that you know it's 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 weighing on the issue today um i'm going to look at the pre market low so i i wouldn't fight this 127 is the pre market low and then what's the low for the move you're risking down to 12253 uh, that's been the low of the move, and that's even below the pandemic low. It's the lowest you've been since early 2019. Uh, because, early because look at the Snapchat shirt. Oh, yeah. Yep. These businesses there's a are big, just, there's all a the big legacy thing, businesses though, are getting right? TikToked. It, it's a, a lot on what was said in this note, right? It's the change in ad revenue that is coming towards these companies. They saw the writing on the wall. That's why they changed their name to Meta. It's because their ad business, their their whole model is now completely having to adjust. And so they're trying to get ahead of it. But what will be their price by the time they actually get to that point yeah. where the metaverse is actually a driver to their revenue? Yeah. That's the truth. He and, may be right to be doing this switch. Like maybe the metaverse and maybe we're all oh, going to have our Oculus it. glasses on, on the wall. You saw the writing on the wall about ads. That ads are slowly going away because of all this like cook cookie battle that's going on on the web on the internet and i think this will continue moving forward so because everyone doesn't want to be tracked that's the whole move forward out of this is data tracking right and so now he needs to adjust and create a whole new company he's gonna probably do that but at what price right what will be meta's price when it gets there all right let's Let's go get ahead, towards bitch. our Monday, of course, is it's time. And you guys in the chat, I know you guys will probably be excited. You guys can jump around, dance like we love to do it, because it's time for Market Structure Monday. Just don't dance like Dennis. Why not? You're a little boogie going. <laughs> Tim Quas here from Market Structure Edge. Welcome back. It's Market Structure Mondays. Good to see you guys. Happy Monday. Happy, Happy Monday, Tim. I'm yeah, take, the quest. I want to take it just off the hop here, and I don't know if you were listening to the last conversation, but we were basically bashing yeah. the hell out of Meta, mm-hmm. and I just want to like see what does the market structure market say. Structure. We'll finish the conversation on Meta okay. with Tim here because okay. he's got the data, 
Let's see what the data is showing, you know, on supply demand for Meta, because I just think this stock is a mess from everything that I see. But maybe it tells a different story in the market structure. Please uh, tell us, you know, we're going to jump right into it, Tim. I didn't even ask you how your weekend was. We'll ask you that, but we'll jump right into Meta. Uh, so, and, and if you've never looked at market structure, the mechanics of the market, this is this is Meta. <clears throat> and, and Mitch, I heard your comments. Uh, I don't know. It's, you know, if... If you're if you're deciding that you're going to go all in on a world that doesn't really exist, I'm not sure how that works out. But uh, hmm. here's so the, this is demand. the The green part of the graph is an algorithm that meters buying and selling by traders and investors. This is yeah. closing price. Uh, this is supply. So supply is short volume, and here's where we are. We actually have rising demand, but That's it's good. But it, but it's at three point four. Uh, so it hasn't been above five. I, I always say that you, know, you you could you could build a portfolio of stocks that stay above five, and every time something drops below five, you get rid of it and you replace it with something that's staying above five, and you'll probably outperform the market. So that's the bad news. The bad news for Meta is in this time frame, if we could back up, it has not been above five. That's why the price been is hated down. for a long time. It's been it's been hated for a long time. If there is good news here, it is that there's a divergence between demand and supply. And when supply and demand diverge, prices rise. It's very much like an economy. So is there a probability here uh, that despite all the bad news, that meta- Maybe, it, maybe it's all in. Maybe it, all the bad news is in it. Could, could be. And, and remember that the, 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 bad, the good news and bad news is only one driver behind price. That the, there are people who trade short term, uh, who will look at the sift the you know the bids and the offers and say, hmm, I think I could make this price move. There are a asset allocation models that are going to treat Meta as a value play, a, a low volatility value play. There are this is the big one to me: trades associated with derivatives. All of those have equal authority, if not greater, to set the the price of Meta than. Uh, do the views of folks who look at the fundamentals. I mean, what, what's a better illustration of that than, than so City downgraded American Express last week and the price went up. Uh, so what difference does that make really? I mean, if I, were, uh, if I were betting on price and it would be a bet here and, and uh, we, could, we could talk about that because it's one of the things I wanted to mention. Just remember the words straights and flushes and we'll talk about this. But the that divergence could mean that despite all the bad news in the short term, Meta could rise. There you go. So maybe there's a potential for bottom BN. I'll just say, if you're taking that bet, I am not. If you're taking that bet, 122.53, the low of the move has to hold. Because you know what's going to happen if it starts taking out that low of that move? That supply is going to start rising on you there if that takes out that low of the move. So if you're making the bet. The 122 is the level you need to be leaning on, in my opinion. So as long as above 122, you can jump in, try to take another bet, but always have an out. I mean, Tim, this is what you do too as a trader. You right. have a contingency plan on everything, do you not? I trade probabilities. So and let, let me tell you a little story Ooh, because like this will help it stick, you guys. So so I I know a professional poker player who uh, I mean he was a business he's a businessman he was very successful he took a software company public and he's a he's an engineer and he's good at math 
And uh, so he would come join our little Friday evening get-togethers where we're playing Texas Hold'em and teach us to play Texas Hold'em uh, because he'd, he'd won, you know, World Series of Poker bracelets. You know, he's pretty good at it. Uh, and he said, he gave us this little adage. He said, people who chase straights and flushes borrow money to go home on buses. Don't. So you, the, the probabilities have to be in your favor. And I see this all the time from folks that I trade emails with. Uh, you know, somebody will take a big flyer on something and I'll look at the math and say, why did you do that? That the math is telling you not to do that. And remember, people like Jeff Yass, founder of Susquehanna International yeah. Group, SIG, he is a fantastic uh, poker player. The, the whole the high frequency trading world is full of people who understand probabilities. And so you all, poker is not gambling. Poker is probabilities. And you want to stack the probabilities in your favor. So I absolutely agree with you, Dennis. I'm not going to, would I buy it? No. I'm just saying that there's a chance here that the price would rise. There are many better things where the, the demand side Easier, is higher. Buddy. Exactly. I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely going to look for something with better probabilities than that. I'm merely saying that it's possible that people who are betting on probabilities think that over the next three days or so, Meta could rise and people will go, oh, well, maybe think, maybe the bottom's in. And about the time you buy it, they leave. So yeah. beware of that. That's how it goes. Yeah. Yeah, Tim. Uh, you know, we were we were struggling uh, on the pre pre market show. We're talking about you know China, what's going on. We were you know just talking about the eyeball test, which I've been talking about for a while. And uh, you got you just wanted to comment on the CNBC poll that says consumer pessimism about the economy hit a record last week, surpassing the record in two thousand nine. I don't know if I I don't know if I agree with that survey. But still, with all, I mean, it's just an ultimate contrarian call here that stocks are rallying in the face of consumer uh, uh, pessimism. My, it's, a, it's a great question, Joel. Uh, the, the, so that poll, I heard that poll earlier today as well. And, uh, and, and there are a bunch of data points behind it. You could look at uh, the, the, the projections for companies' earnings. Uh, you know, there was a clear downtrend. Could we see uh, margins turn negative? That is where, where uh, you know, you get top line, bottom line, and what's between them, and that begins to get squeezed. Margins decline. So all of you know, we've got these. We've got people who feel uncertain about the economy. We've got uh, financial indicators that say things could be difficult. Got a lot of you know big important people saying mm, we're concerned, from Jeff Bezos to Ray Dalio to Jamie Dimon. And yet stocks on Friday had their, you know, everybody said, oh, it was the best week since June. No, it was a terrible week till Friday. All the gains <laughs> were Friday. And then people said, well, it was a great week. No, Friday options expired. Back to straights and flushes. The reason that the stock market rallied on Friday, folks, is that options expired at the close. And so if you had a big basket, and this is, that is, that is, that is in a sense, gambling. So there are machines that will scoop up devalued options and try to drive the underlying up. And then there will be a tug of war all the way till they expire. And then something's got to give. And I would su submit that the counterparties, the ones who sold volatility, were forced to cover those bets before the stocks, the options expired because people used them. So then the whole market surges and everybody thinks, well, everything's better. 
Well, it's not a reflection on the economy. It's a reflection on how the market works. By the way, today, new options trade. And I would look at the math and say, well, there's a reasonable probability, and I told the edge users this, that the market does pretty well today. I think that there will be short-term demand from short-term money for the new series. How do I know? Because I look at the demand side in the broad market. This is the S&P 500, and it's not great. It's, it's at, uh, uh, at 4.6, but it's rising. And, yeah. the, and the supply side is falling. It's the same divergence that you see in Meta. It's not awesome, but it's a divergence that should produce gains for a few days. But is it because the underlying economics and sentiment and so on are good? No, it's because this is how the stock market works. So again, in that environment, it's not that I would go buy Meta. I want to find stuff that is a little ahead of that. That's what I would be looking for. But, do you have anything like? Do you have anything on your shopping list for this week here, Tim? Oh, absolutely. And and I did something I don't normally do. I bought stuff fairly early in the day on Friday because I looked at the supply demand equation and said, "Well, I think there's a pretty good chance that that's going to produce gains." So I bought stuff like uh, Scorpion Containers (STNG). I'll show you that. Yeah. Uh, not because I thought that it would zoom then. I think that in the next two to three days, I could get some pretty good returns in this. And here's why. It's that demand is very strong and supply has fallen. Well, is there a probability out of that if the market moves that I get a reasonable return? I even know how much. I know how much that stock moves every day on average. So I know that I have a reasonable prob probability of a 4% return in that stock. Again, I'm not chasing straights and flushes. I don't get it right all the time. And I share with yeah. the edge users, you know, when I get something wrong and when I get it right, but I, that I think is a pretty good uh, probability. If I look at, here's, here's, uh, here's Benzinga October 24. Notice that the demand side is very strong and the supply side has dropped below trend. That's the stuff I want. But it's short term. If I get the gains that I'm after, uh, I move on. And it's really got nothing to do with fundamentals. I'm not looking at earnings or earnings expectations. I'm very careful. I will always go check the earnings calendar before I buy something to check to see if it's about to report results right. or if it hasn't because you can get caught out. But here are things I like. STNG is on that list. PSX is on that list. CMC, which is a materials company. Uh, is on that list. Nutanix. Now there's deal speculation in Nutanix. So you've got yeah. to factor that in, but I like the supply demand balance. It may tell us that there's some merit to those, to those rumors of a deal because the deal arbs are betting in favor of it. Uh, here's you know, home bank shares. I actually bought a load of that on Friday, hundreds on and hundreds of shares. Cause I thought that's eh, possible. They've already reported uh, they went down because not of earnings, because of options expirations. They reported in the middle of options expirations. Don't do that. And so it gives me an opportunity. Doesn't mean I'm going to be right, but I like the probabilities in all of those. All right. Now, it, there was, of course, some big boys reporting this week. What do you think about some big tech coming into play? Well, what? who would you like to look at? Let's see. We've got mm. what? We've got Google tomorrow, right? Uh, yeah, we got Apple. Show us that earnings calendar, Mitch. Bring up that earnings calendar. Yeah, I got it right here. Okay, here you go. so here's the calendar. There's, of yeah. uh, course, Alphabet after Tuesday and Microsoft. Um, and then later in the Ooh, week, you got Meta, Amazon, wow. Apple. You pick one of these. So let's take. Let's let's, right, yeah, let's Goog. take. Let's take Goog. Uh, it actually looks pretty yeah, good. Yeah, I like to see I, the goodness. 
Right. I, I, I look at this and say there's a strong probability that Google rises with results. And it's because demand is, at, is above five, has ticked up, and supply has fallen. That mm -hmm. tells us that hedge funds are betting long. Again, they aren't, aren't necessarily going to be right. But the beautiful thing is we don't have to know all that. We don't have to know global macro, uh, what the asset allocators are doing, what the, all the analysts are saying, all those kind of things, earnings versus expectations. All we have to do is look at the math. Well, the math is biased to the upside now. It is. So could, could, could Google do well? Yeah, probably could. Does, you know what does, I like about Google here, too, is that it shrugged off the Snapchat numbers and we've seen before mm -hmm. where snapchat disappoints right. which it perennially disappoints and right. you know it hammers meta it hammers google wow google turned around they opened low and then they started you know and actually i believe it closed higher than the previous day or close to it anyways yeah it closed up a dollar from the previous day so on friday so that's the good news for google i am long still google is one of the largest positions in my long-term portfolio i've been long for a decade it's one that i did not hedge i hedged a lot of stuff did not hedge this just because I still believe in this company. Um, I kind of like the chart here, actually. I like the I like the action from Friday. I wasn't here on Friday. I was away. But I like, you know, when I look at this chart and Snapchat, you know, it shrugged that off. That's the good news. Now, again, you know, earnings is going to be the crapshoot here. When you get a stump doctor reports earnings, fundamental news trumps all. So if they come out, you know, Tuesday night and doesn't have a good quarter, stock could still get hammered. But right now it looks like there's buyers coming in on the dips. Most of the time when the math looks that way, stocks perform well. I, and I, I said last week too, I, I, you know, I tweeted, I said to the, to the, the, the edge mob, hashtag edge mob, that uh, unless the supply side improves in big tech, <clears throat> it's going to be hard to uh, post gains. There was an example of an improved supply side. If I look at Amazon, I'm, I'm, I feel less good about Amazon. It's got rising demand, but the supply side's rising at the same time. The trend is fine, but these aren't the kind of conditions that tend to produce gains. And, and we, you know, we'll go look at any stock that moves. SLB, why was SLB up 10% last week? You could look at any stock that, that reports results, folks. You can do this with Edge. Look at the supply-demand equation, and it will generally tell you why stocks are moving. You could... You know, why was that stock up? And you could look and say, oh, the supply dropped in advance. Most of the time, the bets on what direction things are going to move will manifest in the supply side more than the demand side. Why is that? Because the bets come in the form of derivatives. So demand up here is actual effects on the equity. Supply can be anticipation of moves. If, if, I, have, if I know that a bunch of people bought calls on a stock, I could infer as a bank that maybe people think this stock is going to rise and I'm going to hedge myself accordingly. I might hedge in favor of the direction. And so that's what we're going to see in the supply side. And you can use that to your advantage. Doesn't work every time. I always say options, expirations can distort that. But uh, it is a great way to see which direction people are betting. Tim, uh, so Frank's asking about supply demand on BABA. We talked BABA okay. here uh -huh. already. And I'm curious as well because this is like, man, it just feels like a capitulation on China here this morning. I mean, Again. we got, you know, down, 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 down. Now all these stocks go down another 10, 15% here over the weekend. I the mean, Hong this is Sang was, yeah, Hong Sang was down 7%. And it's a mess over there. Mess. You know, it's just a mess over there. 
I, I, yeah, I don't. You ain't. Touching. I wouldn't just not touch anything yeah, that relates to China right now, right? <laughs> but again, from a supply demand perspective, short term. If Frank, if you're going to trade Baba, just be. I mean, I would encourage you not to. <laughs> but if you look at the supply demand equation, so see this this rise, slight rise in demand, fall in supply suggests that there will be some demand for the new series of options traded today. And that could lift the price for a few days. But the, if if any side of that equation changes, you need to get out because these data tell me it's not sustainable. I would, you know, I, I would liken this to let's go look at something that does do really well. Look at PSX, and you can say, well, oil isn't doing great. Well, look, PSX, COP, these are that's the kind of stuff that produces Holy. gains. Notice, notice how the price, no matter what Stays the market does, it continues to go up. Well, because Demand is fall. It's a little above trend now. We're about out of the run in PSX, but that's the difference. So again, you may love, love, love Baba and say, man, I'm just a big believer. Well, you got to divorce yourself from that idea and just go trade the stuff where the money is because that's a, the probability. Don't, trace, don't chase straights and flushes. Because that leads you to borrow money to go home on buses. Greyhound buses. Greyhound buses. Right, Greyhound buses. No, not a chartered bus. Uh, you're going home on a greyhound. Yeah, so well, you don't want to do that. Timing is more important than love. We it's, get some, some wisdom right. from Tim Quas today. I appreciate you like always. And definitely, I saw people in the chat mention about a market structure edge Twitter. I'd have to ask Tim if there's an actual handle just for market structure edge. But it seems like they want it, Tim. So mm -hmm. good idea given to you by the chat today. As I recall... <laughs> As I, because I don't man, I I do underscore Tim Quast, right? At yeah, yeah, exactly. Tim Quast. At I think it's at Edge Structure, at Edge mm. Structure, I believe is it. So check it out. And I team. try to copy that, but uh, yeah, it's a, uh, it's a. Uh, I mean, you know, social media is what it is, but I, you know, it's got its useful, useful features. <laughs> Definitely, and don't forget, guys, you guys can test out Market mm. Structure Edge for yourself. Appreciate you, like always, Tim. We'll see you see next it. week. Have Thank a good you one, guys. You as well. Thank you. Wow. All right. Let's take a quick peek into the markets. How are we looking at you there, work. Joel? I like, I'm just trying to get a, you know, after this, uh, uh, almost uh 80 point range overnight, uh, we're maintaining green. I, uh, and, um, I mean, the close is 20 handles away, 23 handles away. So, I'll call that support. And then I just want to, we just got to focus on this 3820 area because I think that that is where the bulls really take control here. We had uh, two highs at one at 1950 and the other at 3820. Uh, that was, uh, you know, and one right up in that area. We're pressing it up against that. 38, 13 and a quarter is your pre market high. But this above this level, then the the bulls are in total control here uh, of this market. And uh, the dip buyers were there overnight. And I don't, I mean, you could call the, you know, we're up 24 handles. I'd just be really impressed because we get through that 38.20 during this week or next week, then, you know, I'm looking above 3,900. So on the downside, it's hard for me to find support now. I yeah. mean, just for interday support, because how many people are scratching, you know, your head about, 
wow, I really miss the dip now. And then even at, as late as Thursday last week, you're still, ah, okay, we're going to go back down to 3,600. And then, you know, you had that move on Friday. So interesting market. Tim gave us uh, some good input. I was just looking at this Google chart yeah. and this thing just, I mean, it didn't react that well. I mean, it did okay in September, right, with the market. It, Never had a meaningful retracement, really, of the uh, from the all-time move. I move, and it's been a laggard. It's just been out of the news. It's been, you know, who knows about the advertising? If you worry about advertising, Google has some of the other components. I just think the big thing behind that is YouTube, and you know, that's just you know the way that they're expanding it to bring the revenues in. But uh, it, it's trying. It's trying to hold. You can yeah. always lean on the low of the move at 95. I mean, nothing matters on technicals really on all this stuff because the fundamentals are going to trump it all this week. you got to bring up the earnings calendar here once again. We're going to get so Gateway. much meaningful fundamental information here. Again, the channel checks for me in Montreal and Joel in Florida say that, hey, we might get through this earnings season. Uh, okay still because it's still busy out there and these are obviously earnings you know from two months if it's busy now it was probably busy you know a month or two ago as well so it, it just hasn't started slowing down yet so i think this earnings season still could be okay but just look at the names i mean today's kind of a quiet day always mondays are a quiet day but tomorrow i mean from the big guns alphabet and microsoft and you hear from visa and texas instruments and then on wednesday we're going to hear from meta so that'll be a big tell. And obviously Ford's going to report there as well. But Thursday is really the day where we're going oh, to yeah. hear just from so many major companies. In the morning, we're going to hear from Caterpillar and Shopify and MasterCard. And then on the night, Amazon, Apple, Intel, you know, it, Pinterest. The, the list goes on and on. That is just such, such a huge week. It's hard to make a technical bet ahead of so much fundamental information. So I want to see what these earnings are going to be. I'll tell you from the channel checks, maybe they're going to be okay. And you know what? Do, are we in this market, Mitch, where if you get a big dip in one of the big guns, does it just get bought? Because, yeah. you know, people are like scrambling now to get money back into the market. Maybe. You know, I think we do, you know, and we can say hindsight capital is always 2020, but that CPI day where, you know, we had the big reversal, those lows from that day, that seems to be the low. So the now we got to like lean, you know, and look from, from a, you know, from a bearish perspective, trying to be bearish here. Nothing's telling me on the U.S. tape, ignore overseas markets because they don't participate as much. But to Spinner's point even, holy mackerel, J.P. Morgan, Joel. I mean, the banks, they They're just turned yep. around and yep. they have bought the banks nonstop. Mm -hmm. This is supposed to be, you know, stocks that suffer through a recession. Not seeing that whatsoever. The banks are getting bought heavily. I mean, J.P. Morgan, look at this move. 101 to 122 in six days. What kind of stock is this? It's a 20% move in one of the biggest banks in the world in six days. I think on pullbacks, people are going to be buying these things now. So I don't want to chase here. But you get back to 115, do you find buyers? I think so. Yeah, ever since he called for, what, another 20% down. Uh, the the stock has went straight up since he yeah, called for the 20% went... down. They'll call it the Jamie Diamond <laughs> bottom. Yeah, he was, I mean. He's bearish down right at the lows. Yeah. But the stock's doing well. 
All right. Well, it's always, you know, it's after a day like Friday where we weren't here, obviously. And, and also, you know, when you're seeing that, you know, the follow through and pre-market, it's always, you know, excited, you know, to, you know, to get, you know, to, okay. Yeah. That's a major bottom there that like a COVID bottom that we made at 3,500, but oh, a lot, a lot could change during the day. I just like to see us, you know, just hold on to these gains and we, I don't even have to take out 3820. I think today, on top of Friday's action to hold on to the gains and, and show it, uh, set us up for earnings. So great to be back in the saddle. I already feel like I'm back focused in on the markets here. So uh, Triple D, go get them. I know you got a boring uh, morning because you don't have yeah, any I have positions. No yeah, positions. Yeah. So like I will, my long -term investment I'll check, I'll check in with you around 10 o'clock. Trying to get the feel. So I got to get the screen time and to get the feel to obviously, you know, get back in the swing of it here today. So I will be trading on Big help today. to Mitch. Thanks, Mitch, for uh, manning the Always. manning the ship while we were gone and uh, get us uh, back in the groove here. So I'll check of in course. with you guys later on. Of course, Joel, getting on out of here. Um, I got you, Dennis. I'll get you something to get ready for the bell. Um, I'm thinking, and you know, I normally am not this type of person, but uh, I'm thinking today should be the, uh, I'm looking for topping action on ExxonMobil. We have oil starting to come down. We look at this, we're right near those all-time high on ExxonMobil, uh, uh, at least for the 52-week high. 52-week high at 105.57. We're at 105.60s right now. Did we put in the top there? We'll see what You're happens. looking for a double top potential here? Yes, exactly. A double top and then starts starts pulling back. Does it does it mean that it's coming back there to like maybe 90? No, nah, I think you're at least going to come back. I'm, I'm looking for that 100 retrace now that we've gotten to the high. And also, I looked at WTI today just to kind of point out crude. Crude is going down. The level that I would be watching for is a break of that 83. If it breaks 83 today, I think you'll start getting this retrace in these oil stocks. Remember, oil stocks were as high as 88 last week, at least on the WTI front month. So that's a trade that I'm going to be watching towards uh, the bell. We'll see what happens in the oil stocks. You know what's really impressive about this latest move in all these oil stocks, you know, is the divergence here between oil really hasn't gone up much. The mm -hmm. oil price, like if you look at the USO, it's kind of just hanging out. Yeah. But, I mean, you've seen this just incredible rally in the oil stocks. And that's what they're coming in to buy stocks. They've been buying the oil stocks. I've not been on this trade. I bought Oxy. Oxy was okay. But, I mean, obviously, I should have just backed up the truck at the end of September and bought them all. And, I mean, hindsight capital is 2020. It's hard. I can't come in here now. Like, you can trade anything. Day trade, sure. But... I can't come in here now from you know a swing trading perspective and be buying these things now. I've missed yeah. it. I mean, the trade has just moved. And obviously, you know, if you get a period of consolidation, maybe you had that a week and a half ago, you could have struck again from a swing trading perspective. But it's been a tough swing trading year. That's why I keep saying the day traders are winning in 2022. The day trading has been excellent in 2022. As long as you're able to go both ways, you know, long, short, there's been lots of opportunities, you know, from a trading perspective. But if you're just long swings, it's still been tough. So I don't know. I just, you know, when stocks have moved up like Chevron from 140 to 172 in three weeks, I'm like, well, it's had its move. The easy money's been yeah. made there. Maybe it's going to have upside capitulation and it's going to be, you know, a, a, a big move here too. But I'm not chasing these from a swing trading perspective. We'll see what happens today. Like always, Dennis, you go do what you do best and get back in that hot seat. You're right back at it, my We're gonna friend. We're going to try.
We'll see you tomorrow. Like always, okay, it's time so to keep battling. All right, guys, I'm going to bring you over to live trading now as we continue the day. Of course, we got some great action today. We'll be getting into live trading with Lord Ryan Zunaid, and I am excited to get into it. You guys see my outlook already a little bit on oil. Going to be watching different stocks. Like I mentioned earlier, I'm a little bit more in the short-term bullish camp, long-term bearish. What does that mean? So I think that we could rally up to maybe even the 380 mark before we start seeing a decline. So this leaves room for a couple of days. We'll see what happens today. We're already kind of getting up there towards resistance. I can see resistance around 378, but we'll look for some pullback. Let's see what happens towards the bell. Come over to live trading and stay with us right here on Benzinga. See you guys over uh, and like always, team, one thing I did want to tell you about is check out our future to crypto event. This is going to be going on in New York City in early December. So you guys want to get your tickets now. Check that out. I'll go ahead and make sure to throw up the link and we'll see you next time right here on Pre-Market Prep. With Chime Secure Credit Card, you can start improving your credit scores with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments. Get started at Chime.com build. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by Bancorp Bank NA or Stride Bank NA. Members FDIC. Results may vary. See Chime.com for details. Terms and conditions apply. Go to Chime.com disclosures for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.